we are looking at peace, have been since uh, January, and we want to look at it some more tonight. May the peace of God sanctify us. We did this verse, part of this verse, uh, a few weeks ago, but not like I wanted it done. And so I wanted to isolate just on a couple of verses because we didn't explain even what sanctify is that night. So I wanted to just understand about what this word means. Sanctify means to separate from unholy things and dedicated to God. And so when we get saved, when we're born again, the Holy Spirit comes to live in us, God begins to do a work in us that only He can do from the day we're saved until the day we die. He's doing this act of sanctification. And so He is, we're going to see in the verse in just a moment, uh, wants to sanctify us for the entirety of our life. So what does that mean, though? That's kind of a big word sometimes that we look at. Sanctify, sanctified, sanctification. And so it simply means separate from unholy things. Before we were saved, we were living an unholy life, involved in unholy ways, unholy mind, unholy thoughts, unholy direction, going in the wrong direction. And so what God wants to do is separate us from that, bring us out of the unholy things into the kingdom of God for holiness and dedicate us to Him. Sounds good? We got good there? But it also means to purify us. Before we're saved, we're living an impure life because we're separated from God. We're not following God. We're following the world and Satan. And so we need to be purified. So when we get saved, we'll get a new heart. we got a pure heart just like that. But this mind is not. That's what has to be sanctified. Our mind has to be purified because we've got some impure stuff going on in this mind up here. Or, well, I'll speak for myself, of the way I used to live before I got saved. And so that's some, some of that stuff has to be purified. That's sanctified. It also means to cleanse. There's some thoughts in our mind. There's some things going on in our mind that needs to be cleaned up. And so that's what God is doing from the moment we're saved to the moment we die. He's doing a cleansing of our mind, getting it to where we can hear from Him, know His will, do what He wants to do. But if there's stuff, there's dirt up there, then that separates us from being cleansed and being holy and being what God wants us to be. So it means to purify, it means to cleanse. It just means to become holy. Bottom line just means to become holy. And you say, we can do that? Yeah, because First Peter said, but just as he who called you is holy, Jesus, so be holy in all that you do, for it is written, be holy because I'm holy. So God commands us, God directs us to be holy. And you say, well, I don't know about all that. Well, He gives us a command. He wants us to be holy. And He has a process to bring that about through sanctification. Separate from unholy things, dedicated to Him, purify, cleanse us, become holy, because Peter commands us to be holy as He is holy. So we go into First Thessalonians chapter 5. Only two verses here today. But First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. Paul is writing to the church at Thessalonica, and he says it's a prayer he's praying for them. May God Himself, the God of peace, the God that gives us peace, sanctify you through and through. I mean, just all over. Just every aspect, every part of our life, every thought, every way, every direction, everything we do, sanctify us through and through. May your whole spirit, may your whole soul and your whole body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the lot is in here that we're going to just take a look at. So hold on. So as he's talking to these people at Thessalonica, he's saying to them, you're already experiencing peace from God. You've already got peace with God because you're saved. You're born again, so you've got peace with Him. But they were also experiencing peace with one another. If we were to read all of 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians, we'd find that they have peace in their church. They're at peace with one another. 
and they're at peace with God, and so they're already there where they need to be at peace with Him. So this God of peace now wants to sanctify them, already given them peace that's adequate resource for the future, as He'd been doing for the past. So it's, the process is ongoing. As we gave in the definition, the process begins when we are saved and goes until we die. Well, the people at Thessalonica were already in that process, already been saved. They're in the process of being sanctified, being purified, being cleansed, being more like Jesus every day. Already happened in the past, going to happen in the future. It's a work in progress. We are a work in progress. We're not there yet, but we're getting there, aren't we? Each day, each day, don't you find yourself getting a little bit more like Jesus? You know, just in your actions and your attitudes and the things you say, things you think, things you do. Don't you just find yourself growing and maturing and becoming more like Jesus every day? That's what was happening in Thessalonica. And Paul's prayer was for them, just continue what you're doing. And so it should be with us, isn't it? Don't we find ourselves there? So we now prayed that God would sanctify people in every area of their lives. There's a lot of things about our life, isn't it? It's our life in our family. You know, if we're married, it's our married life. If we're a mother, it's a mother's life. It's father's, father's life. All the things about our family, grandparent, brother, sister, whoever we may be, that's an area of our life. Another area of our life is if we're in school, what we're doing at school. Another area may be at work, what we're doing at work. Another area is when we're driving down the road. Another area is when we go to a store. Another area is when we're by ourselves. You know, whatever it is, there's lots of areas of our life that is affected by what's going on in our mind. And so what Paul was wanting to do was ask God to sanctify us through and through all areas of our life. Whatever areas of our life still need to be sanctified, Paul was praying for, the, for God to do that in the people of Thessalonica. And so it should be with us today. We may look at our own life and say, I've made a lot of progress. I used to be here in my life, but as I got saved, I made progress. I'm making progress. But you know, if we get honest sometimes, God, there's still some areas in my life that just, <laughs> just aren't there yet. You know, there's some things I think about. There's some things I do. There's some things I say that I'm just not there yet. And we may look at our own life tonight and say, you know, <laughs> I find some areas in my life that just aren't there where I need to be with God being sanctified. So he's praying that God would just sanctify the people through and through in every area of their life. I also pray the people would be blameless. He said, may God himself, God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. He said, I want you to be blameless, not only sanctified and be more like Jesus, but to be blameless as we're being sanctified all the way until one of two things happen. We either die or Jesus comes back. We don't know which one will happen first in our life, do we? We have no way of knowing which will happen. But one of two things is going to happen in our life. We're either going to die or Jesus will come back. If he comes back before we die, then he's talking about that. If we die before Jesus comes back, he's talking about that. But we're to be kept blameless until that time, that God can do that. Well, what does blameless mean? Let's make sure we understand. It means without fault. Have you ever had anybody say, that's your fault? This happened, whatever happened, you know, that was your fault that it happened. And you stood back and thought, maybe you didn't say anything, maybe you stood back and thought, no, it wasn't. It wasn't my fault. You ever thought that? That it wasn't your fault? No, no, no. <laughs> Sometimes it was our fault. Sometimes it wasn't. Sometimes somebody's just pointing a finger at us. That was your fault that happened. 
goes both ways, doesn't it? It could be it was really was our fault. Maybe it really wasn't. But what God is talking about for us is that in our Christian life, in our walk with Jesus, we're saved here, we're moving forward with Jesus, denying yourself, taking up the cross daily and following Him, being sanctified, being made more like Jesus every single day of our life, but also without fault. That somebody out in the world could not look at us as a Christian and say, you are at fault in the way you're acting. You're at fault in the way you're talking. You're at fault in the way you're doing things and your attitudes and all this. And so what Paul is praying for us, that we are blameless in spirit, soul, and body, which we're going to talk about in just a second. Hold on. That we don't have any fault in the any area of our life because we're blameless. We're innocent. Do you know that we do a prison ministry every fourth Tuesday of the month? I guess probably 99% of all those men in that jail are innocent. They have been arrested for no reason. They didn't belong there. They didn't do anything. But they got arrested and put there. I'm saying that facetiously because every one of them, I didn't do what I was arrested for. They arrested me for this, this, and this. I got charges this long, but I didn't do any of that. it, it It was Bubba. I mean, it wasn't me. <laughs> Bubba's, all, Bubba's the one who ought to be in jail tonight, not me. You know, because I didn't do all this. He did. And so I, I think about 99 out of 100 that we've seen over the years are totally innocent. They didn't do anything. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't my fault. Well, but when we're truly innocent of fault, we're blameless. And as a Christian, that's where we ought to be living every single day. Innocent of anything sinful, wrong, or what the Bible calls. In other words, guiltless. That we're not guilty of being sinful or living a sinful lifestyle. And so he begins then by saying, let me go back to the verse. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless, be kept without fault, be kept innocent, be kept guiltless until the return of Jesus Christ. So let's take each one of those. Your whole spirit be kept blameless. What does that mean? Our spirit is the way we communicate with God. We communicate with God through our spirit. Because God is spirit, we have a spirit within us, our spirit within us, that we communicate with God through our thoughts. Do you know that you can talk with God without uttering words? We know that, don't we? Because we do it a whole lot. I mean, we're praying a lot of times. We're sitting there maybe in our home, in a car, at work, school. We're sitting there and we're praying. And we're not saying a word. No words come out of our mouth. But in our spirit within us, we're talking to God. We're having communication with Him. So when we're kept blameless in our spirit, our spirit is who we are in our thoughts, but also our emotions, just like we're talking about on Sunday mornings, and our decisions. So as we're communicating with God, we're communicating with Him in our thoughts, what we're thinking right now, God, communicating with Him in our emotions. We're going to start looking at next year about how our emotions under the control of the Holy Spirit is a good thing. And God can use, and I mean, God gave us emotions, because God's emotions, but He wants our emotions to be under the, under the control of the Holy Spirit. Do we think tonight, do we believe tonight in our own life that 100% of the time, our emotions, whatever emotions we have, 
are always under the control of the Holy Spirit. They're not? Yeah, 99% you're talking about. Okay, yeah, 99 yeah. They're not, are they? But God wants them to be. And that's part of the sanctification. That's part of this blameless. Because if we're, our emotions are under the control of the Holy Spirit, that's a beautiful thing. Things like love and compassion and kindness and generosity and uh, thankfulness and all those attitudes we're going to be looking at one at a time every week next year. But it starts with spiritual warfare that we're going to begin in January because we've got a, we're going to be fighting a battle and it's all right up here. Our mind, our thoughts, our emotions. And if Satan can get our emotions, what, out of whack, mm, stirred up, whopper jawed. Yeah, that's whopper jawed. That's one of those Arkansas terms you don't know. You know, all those kind of things, then, then Satan's got a victory. And so what we need to be doing is making sure we're communi- communicating with God through our thoughts, our emotions, and our decisions. And so that's what Paul wanted for us to have. May your whole spirit, the way you communicate with God, and your thoughts, emotions, and decisions be blameless. But not only that, he said your soul. Our soul is who we are. Our, our real self. Our heart. Our eternal soul. It's where our emotions, thoughts, and actions originate. It's where they come from. Just like we saw with Jesus uh, a few weeks ago. He said it's out of the heart that comes all these sinful acts that we talked about that Jesus gave a list of. It's where they originate in the heart. You know, we don't have, we don't have a slip of the tongue. It didn't just happen. It was in our heart. It's there to start with. We didn't say that mean and hateful thing to that person and just, oh, I don't know where that came from. Jesus said, I do. It came from your heart. It was there the whole time. It's just hidden. It's pushed down. It's, it's there. It's lurking. And something brought it out. Something happened around us, and out of us came that, whatever that is. And so Jesus, God says, I want your soul to be blameless. I want your soul to be without fault, innocent, guiltless, because that's where your emotions, thoughts, and actions originate. That's who we really are. It's in our heart, our soul. So he's saying there in that verse, may your whole soul, spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless. So let's get our body. Our body's our physical body, our living body. It's where attitudes, emotions, and thoughts are expressed in actions. So we can be, you know, about attitude, you know, sometimes people have said, you have, no, not, not you, but you've heard somebody say to other people, you got a bad attitude right now. You need an attitude adjustment. I don't like your attitude. You know, we've heard those kind of thoughts sometimes, I mean, those expressions sometimes, or at least thought them. And so God says, in our attitudes, that's going to come out in actions in our body. We're going to see attitudes in action through our body. By the way we talk, by the way we get ready to do this, by the way we look at somebody. Have you seen expressions sometimes in a person's face? And you thought, oh, you're mad, aren't you? You know, you can just see it by the expression. Well, that's the physical body. <clears throat> it's expressing our attitude through an action. But our emotions too, you know, all those I'm upset, I'm angry, I'm mad, I'm, you know, all those kind of things. It's up in our body, it's up in our, inside of us, and it's coming out then in our body because things we're saying, things we're doing. Our thoughts. Thoughts are right up in here, but then those thoughts come out in words so many times, don't they? Do you ever think you say things that you shouldn't say? You know, sometimes I've, you hear people say, well, I'm thinking it, I'm going to say it. That's not right. 
That's not godly. God says there's things we don't need to be saying. We may be thinking it, but we don't need to, we don't need to express it because we're going to hurt somebody's feelings. We're going to make somebody upset. We're going to cause a problem. We're going to stir something up. And there's things we need to not say. That's what God's talking about. And so our body is simply saying, okay, it's in the mind, it's in the heart, it's in the spirit. Now, here it comes. <laughs> and the body expresses it. So he's saying then, may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he wants everything we think, all of our emotions, all of our decisions, all of our uh, attitudes that come out of our body to be without fault, innocent, and guiltless. <clears throat> Moving on to verse 24 then. The one who calls you is faithful and he'll do it. Because we may be thinking, you know, <laughs> you don't know me that well, do you? Because there's sometimes I can get mad and I can get upset and I can say things I don't mean. And you don't know me very well because there's some things I'd be thinking in my mind. There's some emotions going on and it just kind of comes out of me. Something happens around me. Somebody says something, does something. And boy, here it comes. And you want me to do that? You want me to be sanctified in every area of my life? God says, yeah, every area. Words, thoughts, attitudes, actions. You want my whole spirit, soul, and body to be kept blameless without fault, innocent and guilty? All the time. Mm -hmm. That's what God wants. Prowl on. This next week. It won't happen anytime this week. I'll be blameless in everything I say and do. And God says until Jesus comes back. Or until you die, whichever happens first. Not for a day, not for a week. You know, we, we make a, a vow. Today, I'm not going to lose my temper. I'm not going to lose control. I'm not going to say anything that I'll regret saying. Those words, they're not coming out today. Not going to happen. God says until Jesus comes back. Not just today, but until Jesus comes back. And we say, I can't do it. I've tried before, but it just seems to come over me. I know. That's why he has verse 24. He said, the one who calls you is faithful and he'll do it. We won't. We're going to fail at it. So those thoughts, those emotions, that brain's going to get to going, that mind's going to get to going, and, and here we're going to go. And we're going to say, I didn't make it through the day. I didn't even make it through the morning. I didn't even make it till I left the house. I've only been up 30 minutes. <laughs> and it didn't happen. I know. <laughs> That's why God says this. He is faithful and He will do it. See, the God of peace sanctifies us, sets us apart for a special purpose to serve Him and become more like Him every day. And He calls us to be blameless, to be like me, to be without fault, He says, to be innocent, to be guiltless. And He is able to make us holy, pure, and without fault. We can't. We don't have that ability, uh, the, the desire even. We can't do it, but He can. And so God is faithful to complete the work that He begins in every follower of Christ. Because God begins to work. When we're saved, when we're born again, we got saved, we got born again right here in our life, whenever that is, and we start walking with Him, following Him, He can complete a work. He started work in us. Whatever. Go back to the time you were saved. You may go back 
a few years, a lot of years, many, many years, I don't know, wherever you are. And he started to work in you. At that moment in time, he started to work in you. And he's going to be the one to bring it to completion. We're not, because we didn't start the work. He did. Here's a couple of scriptures out of Philippians. Philippians 1.4. Paul is saying to the church at Philippi, In all my prayers, for all of you, he says, church of Philippi, I will always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day, first day I met you and presented the gospel to you, until now when he's writing the letter, being confident, being assured of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. He said, I know it, I am assured of it, that when he began that work in you back here when you got saved, he's going to be the one to bring it to completion until Jesus comes back or until you die. It goes on later in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, said when I was there with you, obedient to God, and now that I'm not there with you, you're still obedient to God, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Continue to put your salvation to work. You know, you got saved here, so now what does that mean in your day-to-day life? What does being saved, being a Christian, being born again mean in an everyday life of the average Christian. Carry it out. Continue to work it out. Continue to do it in fear and trembling because God's doing a work in us. He wants to make sure we're becoming more like Him every day in our spirit, in our soul, in our body. And He's going to continue that work as we continue uh, working out our salvation fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to His good purpose. Every one of us who's born again, God's working in us right now. Tonight, if we're saved, if the Holy Spirit lives in us, God's doing a work. He's doing a work within us to carry out His will and to carry out His actions according to His good purpose, not ours. And that's where we get in trouble sometimes. God, I'm saved. I'm born again. The Holy Spirit lives in me. I've got some plans, I've got some thoughts, I've got some ways I'm going to go, I've got some things I want to do, and I'm heading that direction. Come on, God, get in here with me. I'm going to carry out a good purpose in life. This is good stuff I'm going to be doing. Come on and bless it. Come on and get with me. And God says, just stop where you are, turn back around, get back over here where you were, where I am, because I'm going to be the one working in you to do my will and act according to my good purpose, not yours. And so many times we get out there on doing our good purpose. Well, it's good stuff I'm doing. <laughs> I mean, I'm not doing anything wrong. doesn't look like. But God says, it does look like it to me. Because <laughs> it's me doing a work in you to will and to act according to His good purpose, not ours.